where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello and welcome back to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, it Shears podcast. I'm James. And I'm John. Today we're talking about the episode Golden Boyd. It aired on the 6th of February, 1989, which is a little unusual. Uh, you, you know why, John? Is it not a Thursday? It's not a Thursday. No, it's uh, it's another day. <laughs> In Monday, I think, because on the usual Thursday time slot, which would have been the 9th of February, George H.W. Bush was giving a live address, and uh, this was one of his first presidential addresses. Cheers was rescheduled to earlier in the week. You've kicked off with a particularly... Interesting little known fact, James. I had no idea of that. I look at the dates and I go, oh, it must be a Thursday. Oh, it could be a Thursday, but, but yeah, no, not a Thursday. They were airing a presidential address, which is fun, I guess. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, this is episode 13 of season seven. And this episode was written by Sherry Urchin and Bill Steinkilner, some classic Cheers writers. And I tell you what, James, a classic episode as well. Since season six, in the story Cheers being bought out by a big company, it's brought along Cheers' responsibility to cater events. Yes. Yeah. They've been um, outsourced, I guess. Is that the correct word? They've got a little portable bar. They do. A little trolley bar. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to all these fancy events. They get Sam and Woody to 10 bar for set events. Carla doesn't get invited. No, and Rebecca's always sort of invited under the premise that she is working, but then always tries to uh, mingle a bit more than maybe she should. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, The first example of this was And God Created Woodman, season six, episode 14. And I'd say this is almost a little bit kind of a, I'd say a sequel to that in some kind of way. Yeah, I'd say so. Shall we start with the cold open? It's a birthday. We're talking birthdays in the cold open. I know, Mark Laven's, right? Yeah, Mark Laven's 70th. Cliffy. He's trying to think of a present, but he's also, by the sounds of it, trying to be a bit tight with it, to be honest. He gets given some suggestions. He goes, whoa, it's not Christmas. It's only a birthday. <laughs> it's only her 70th birthday. Yeah, no, you'd want to get something nice for her 70th. At least a bottle of gin. At least something. To me, I'd say Christmas is the one where there's sort of a, a less precedent on presents than a birthday. Because it's a communal thing. Everyone gets a present, so. But also, like, Christmas has a meal. Other sort of stuff going on. Birthdays, you have a cake. That's about it. But there's a lot of emphasis on presents sometimes. There is, Yeah. But Carlo, as a sort of maternal figure of the bar, says the thing that she loves most is a sort of homemade gift from her uh, children, which is a sweet thing to say. Surprisingly sweet from Carla. And then uh, she gets offered three books for it and sells it pretty quick. Cliff buys it and uh, problem solved, I guess. On to the main episode. Rebecca's been called in to give a kind of homecoming type party for one of the boss's daughters. Yeah. The first line this episode is, Sam, we're working on a big party, the 26th at Mr. Gaines. I'm already invested in this episode. Who is Mr. Gaines? Oh, he's uh, one of her bosses. Like he's a vice president or something? Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah. It was, I meant it like rhetorical, James. Like, oh, oh I'm <laughs> intrigued, at the, intrigued at the offset, you know? As you said, it's sort of a homecoming party. Woody and Sam have to wheel in a little bit of a bar to serve drinks for the night. They know they're going to a very sort of swanky place to work and they don't think highly of anyone who they're going to be serving really because they know that they're all just sort of fairly spoiled kids, half of them. Yeah, basically, yeah, they're all wandering around with the tennis outfits, which isn't too bad, but it's like long trouser tennis outfits, you know, you're talking uh, chinos and shirts and Mm. they have that typical thing where they tie a jumper around their neck, you know. Army Hammer's played a few characters like this, hasn't he? We've seen a lot of yuppies. Yes. 
But yeah. these are more, these are social, I was about to say socialists. Social, uh, social, <laughs> socialites. Socialites. <laughs> and what I did find quite interesting about this is, you know, you said like the sweater over the shoulders. Yeah. Rebecca isn't dressed to work. She's dressed as one of them. I'm pretty sure she's like all in white with a pink or <laughs> yeah. red sweater over her shoulders. But, but I'm one of you. <laughs> <laughs> the little makeshift bar's getting a lot of service and Sam finds out pretty quickly uh, he's noticed by someone as an ex- Red Sox relief pitcher. He gets a bit of a tip and he realizes maybe he can squeeze these people. Jack Daniels, neat. Coming right up, sir. See, aren't you Sam Malone? Didn't you used to be a pitcher? Yep, that's me. Now you're doing this. Well, nothing wrong with tending bars. Good, honest work. Um, here's a little something for you. Those rich snobs, man, they think they can look down their noses at you and then make everything better by slipping your measly 50 bucks. They feel sorry for him, and Sam doesn't really care, but when he sees the tip is $50, he's like, well, I can make some make some money here, yeah. It buys his pride pretty quick, doesn't it? He not only swallows his pride, he, he fully digests it. <laughs> and that sort of sets up, I guess what we'd, we'd call it the B-plot for this. They, they're fairly intertwined, but it's Sam going around trying to pull some sympathy cards and get some tips while serving at this uh, fancy party. Rebecca kind of catches on, has a word with him he doesn't care <laughs> he keeps doing it yeah. sam i heard what you've been doing going around giving everyone a hard luck story so they give you big tips i find that completely unprofessional and i will not condone it i'm gonna dock you a day's pay did you hear that seeing this though woody gets a little bit inspired and he, he thinks he might get some tips as well if he does a good job and is nice you know it's the usual way to get tips <laughs> <laughs> but mm. doing a good job. He gets called over by an individual called Nash to mm-hmm. serve some drinks. And Nash is very much the bully or alpha male of these socialite crowd, isn't he? Yeah, he's got the whitest of shirts and the most tied of jumpers on his on his shoulders. <laughs> he's sort of surrounded by uh, lots of people who are kind of mimicking, you know, I guess you'd say. I mean, they're all fairly similar sort of caricatures of this role. He defines himself quite quickly as the leader of this group. Yes. Whether the others agree with him or not, they're not going to disagree with him, if that makes sense. That's true. And when we get onto the cast names, even his name, the name of the actor, kind of exudes authority. <laughs> <laughs> he calls Woody over and says, excuse me, bartender, we'll have some champagne. And he continues talking to his circle of socialite friends, discussing, oh, what will I do over my summer? And he's looking for, not necessarily advice, but he's kind of showing off amongst his friends. Oh, I've got so many job offers, I could become this or that type of yeah. thing. Yeah. But Woody quite innocently and quite nicely just replies to him in a very sort of sweet, endearing way. Dad's favored me with the option of going up on the hill to page or being a clerk. So uh, what do you think? Oh, excuse me for interrupting, but I'd go with the clerk job. I had a blast the summer I clerked at the Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you did, but uh, I was talking about being a legal clerk. Oh, this was all on the up and up. <laughs> Are you always this obtuse? The cummerbund makes my waist look thick. Yeah, yeah, thick. That's the word I was searching for. Write it on your hand, you'll never forget it. He's very funny. 
the class divide is fairly evident, but Nash sees this as Woody sort of being a big mouth who's showing him up a bit, and Nash Nash can't really take being shown up. Nash doesn't like how Woody's breaking down the pretense of grandeur, and Woody's not even trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, I think Woody's charm and ignorance to the situation makes Nash the butt of the jokes, even yes. when Nash tries to push him down. Woody's got a quippy reply, not making fun of Nash in any way, but just the fact that he's able to reply and isn't intimidated by Nash. Yeah. is enough to make Nash annoyed. And that's very much what the schoolyard bully is. They're not looking necessarily to argue, they're looking to intimidate. And in standing up to a bully, mm. it's not doing the kind of schoolyard insults of, well, your mum. It's, you know, just being able mm. to say something in response and not being uh, pressured or swayed by their intimidation tactics. The final nail in the coffin for Nash is when his girlfriend Kelly says that Woody's actually quite funny and I think that riles Nash up and makes him come over to the bar to have a, a bit of a stern word with Woody. Excuse me, uh, bartender. I'll give you a little tip. Looking good, see <laughs> Sure. For the uh, rest of the afternoon, just keep your mouth shut. Excuse me? You're here to work, not to chit-chat with the guests. You think just because you're rich, you can boss people around? We got guys like you back in Hanover, you know what we call them? What? Sir. <laughs> but after we say it, we roll our eyes. <laughs> you know, kid, you're really starting to annoy me. I think I'm gonna teach you some manners. Let's step outside. The intimidation does win over and Woody throws his jacket on the floor and is ready and then Sam has to break up a fight. And Sam's done this many times before. Uh, I don't think I've actually seen Sam willingly enter a fight. I think it's a very good technique. <laughs> he starts telling a story of how he has to break up lots of fights and then starts saying fights between rich people and poor people, fat guys and thin guys, and just sort of starts listing things. To the point where Nash goes, what's your point? And he goes, no, there isn't one. I just, if I do this, normally people get bored and walk away. In the future, I might use Sam's technique and just try and get people a bit uh, confused, keep talking, get them bored, they'll walk away. I see the benefits of that and it does work. Nash kind of forgets about it, but says to Woody, I'll come back. And he's like, yeah, yeah, well, find me at Cheers. <laughs> yeah, Woody has a card. <laughs> he passes over his card. He's like, see me at Cheers. Can't remember what he got promoted to in the, like a few... Employee of the month, isn't it? Four years in a row. You'll see four pictures of my face on the wall. You'll know you're in the right place. That's exactly what Nash does. He comes to Cheers the next day looking for a fight with Woody. Almost politely, but again, out of intimidation goes, just so you know, I was a champion of a boxing team. We, we don't get to see the fight, but everyone in the bar gets pretty riled up about it. Woody says something along the lines of, uh, do you want to see me knock out this rich guy? Uh, they all go into the pool room off camera and the fight's over pretty quick because I think Nash plants one on Woody's face and I think Woody goes down by the sounds of it. Two hits. I hit you, you hit the floor. <laughs> Carla, I think, says uh, she's seen sneezes last longer or something. At this point, Woody's, you know, he's, he's got a bruised face. He's got a bruised face and a bruised ego. Oh. <laughs> Before we go into the cast, and there are some interesting cast here little bit about Frasier, because around the same time, we have a little, not even plot, but a development in Frasier, in that he's been given an award. And as a result, he can now finish his treaties, and, you know, that would hopefully give him some good retirement money. 
Uh, and you can retire early if you wanted to. But the guys want to celebrate this. So uh, they call <laughs> they call for cigars, which Cheers has some very discount cigars, <laughs> which Norm loves and Frasier thinks are disgusting. That's about it. <laughs> Frasier says that they asked for a cigar, not a flammable bratwurst. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, a flammable bratwurst sounds amazing. Yeah, a bit like a flambe pork. Mmm. Well, anyway, I think Fraser's up to a higher class of cigar. And I think that's kind of the extent of Fraser's celebrations. I don't think it comes up much else in this episode. It, it doesn't, and it's barely a plot, but it's just we know of a development in Fraser's career. That's about it. Uh, should we talk about the cast, James, now? Is that a good point? I think we should. The kind of main play in this episode are the, are the gains. And uh, the first and most important is, is Jackie Swanson as Kelly Gaines. And I'll tell you what, she made... Her debut in, uh, we've heard of a few people who've made their debuts in various music videos. This is another one. Jackie Swanson made her debut in the music video for Raspberry Beret by Prince. That's an interesting starting point. Like you said, there's been a few of those pop up now, but what, what did it lead on to next? After appearing in this uh, music video for Prince, she went on to appear in Lethal Weapon, Less Than Zero, Dragnet, Oblivion, NYPD Blue, Charlie Wilson's War, and many more. She's also got another Prince connection, in that Prince wrote the song Palomono Pleasure Ride for her. I tell you what, James, I'm also looking forward to seeing who played Nash, because you gave me a bit of a window saying their name is intimidating. So That's correct. The one who plays Nash, uh, you might recognise his face, because his dad had a famous face. Yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, the actor who plays Nash is Tyrone Power Jr. Who is his dad? Tyrone Power. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tyrone Power Jr. also appeared in Cocoon, California, Casanova, Lorelei, The Bold and the Beautiful, The Extra, and many more. So, you know, he's, a, he's Mr. Power Jr. Richard Doyle as Mr. Walter Gaines. He also appeared in M.A.S.H., The Rockford Files, Lou Grant, The Greatest American Hero, Fame, Dallas, Mr. Belvedere, Knott's Landing, Batman the Animated Series, Pinky and the Brain, NYPD Blue, Air Force One, The Practice, Just Cause, Ben 10, Regular Show, NCIS, and many more. Okay, quite a lot of voice acting then within there. Yeah, we've got a, a few uh, socialites as well, some uh, business partners. Vaughn Armstrong as Mr. Osborne. He also appeared in Lou Grant, Wonder Woman, The Philadelphia Experiment, Simon and Simon, Remington Steele, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Star Trek, The Next Generation, Family of Spies, The Bold and the Beautiful, Quantum Leap, Seinfeld, Saved by the Bell, Clear and Present Danger, Home Improvement, Babylon 5, Melrose Place, Baywatch Nights, ER, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, Jag, The West Wing, Star Trek Voyager, Days of Our Lives, Star Trek Enterprise, Mad Men, CSI, Modern Family, The Young and the Restless, and many more. Joseph Reiner was Mr. Drysdale. He also appeared in Petroselli, The Invisible Man, The Bionic Woman, Dallas, The Early Years, MacGyver, Matlock, Dynasty, Dallas, The Bold and the Beautiful, Dangerous Women, and many more. And of course, we've got our two regulars, as Philip Pullman and Al Rosen join again, yet uncredited, for Phil and Al. What a cast. I think they all have quite good roles within here as well. Quite a lot of memorable characters, I'd say. Yeah, I think so. 
after this fight, Woody wants to try and get back at Nash in, in some way. Yeah, so after Nash and Woody's fight, Kelly arrives to try and stop Nash, realises she's too late, and has quite a, a nice back and forth with Woody. He's just nice to her, which I think she's not used to. She sees that Woody has a swollen face, and you mm. know she kind of hands out her hand to go, oh, you're okay. And he goes, wow, your hands are so soft. And he goes, and they smell good too. Turns out it's her hair. She's got lovely smelling hair, John. She does have great hair as well. But she sort of reciprocates this back because she says it would be a shame if you got a scar on that cute face. Ooh. And the rest of the bar are sort of onlookers to this and can very easily identify something's going on. Kelly leaves and then Woody sort of looks back and goes, now how do I get back at Nash? Uh Sam just gestures towards Kelly and uh, Woody goes, beat up his girlfriend. Sam, are you crazy? But then Woody quite quickly thinks maybe he could take Kelly out to get back at Nash. Which uh, leads to a very nice exchange. I was trying to think of a better word than nice, but it's it's pleasant. Which is uh, Woody goes to Walter to ask for permission. This is the thing which I think is slightly endearing about it is his motives to to ask her out are pretty bad, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But he still has enough honour to ask permission from her father. I think it's because Woody genuinely has some fondness for Kelly. At this Mm. point, we don't necessarily know whether it's attraction. You know, obviously she's a good looking girl, but I think Woody, unlike Sam, isn't motivated purely through physical reasons, you know? All Mm. he knows at the moment is like, yeah, she's a nice, nice girl. This is why in asking her out, he knows that it will enact vengeance on Nash. That's not the sole reason to do so. If that was the only reason, he'd have thought of a different uh, thing to do. He asks Walter for permission, and even Walter appreciates honour and candour. And you know, I think that kind of folds into a little bit of And God Created Woodman, where Woody comes in a sort of a direct but also humble way, yeah. which gains respect, I'd say. It does, yeah. You know, shortly after this, Nash walks in with Kelly. At this point, Walter says something interesting because he basically says to Woody, sorry, son, you're, you're too late. But he doesn't dislike Woody. And I think if Kelly wasn't already dating Nash, Walter would have been like, well, you seem like a nice young man. I see no reason why you shouldn't date my daughter. You know, the manner in which Woody approached Walter was admired. And then from there, Mr. Gaines goes out to play a game of golf with Nash. But Nash is still there and talks to Woody. Again, tries to belittle him quite a bit. Like you said, Woody shows quite a lot of respect for Mr. Gaines. And we see that Nash says to Kelly, I've got to go let your dad beat me at golf again. Do you know, he, he doesn't have much respect for him. Woody's about to leave and says to Kelly, I've heard what your dad said. I've heard what Nash said, but I haven't heard what you've said. Oh, no, that's the big question, isn't it? That's the that's a million-dollar question there. Why not? I'm not Nash's property, and I just hate it when he always assumes that I am. Well, beans, this will show him. <laughs> yeah, which I think has a kind of subtext of, I don't like Nash, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and they arrange a date for the next day. Woody gets very excited and goes, you won't regret it, I'll give you a great time. Thinks he leaves and instead hides himself in, in, the, in the closet. And, and Kelly points this out. Oh, that, that's great, that is terrific. All right, I'll, I'll pick you up tomorrow at eight o'clock, okay? Now, I promise you, you're gonna have the best time possible. You may think from looking at me that I'm an unsophisticated guy who doesn't know his way around, but you're gonna find out I do, okay? I'll see you. Woody? Yes? Do you know you're in a closet? (laughs) Yeah, but I thought it might be more sophisticated just to lay low and then sneak out after everyone went to bed. (laughs) 
Good night. Good night. I suppose one of the other things which is happening amongst all this is Rebecca's got wind that Woody is going out with the VP's daughter. And initially, after being against this, she becomes very sort of pro it because she realises if if Woody and Kelly's relationship does take off, Woody will be in a good stead within the company. And in the corporate world, family is like sort of thicker than water. And he would rise to the top. And it's always good to have sort of someone in your favor up at the top. So she starts giving Woody lots of time off to go on the date. But she's playing the long game is what she's doing. Mm. She's thinking, what can I gain from this? Are we trying to do a pun on the last names? Yeah, just... <laughs> oh, that was a bad one. I apologize, everyone. That was <laughs> that was completely my fault. Well, we don't get to see the date itself, but we do get to see them come back to Cheers afterwards. And they, they seem to have a great time. They're still happily chatting along. Woody has to start his shift. Whilst they're at Cheers, Nash comes through the door as well, after sort of getting a tip-off from Kelly's dad, and tries to just sort of pick her up and says, okay, you've proved your point. And then he says, come on, let's go and get a, a supper at Giuseppe's. Kelly turns to Woody and says, are we finished with our date? And Woody kind of says, yeah, I guess it's over if you want. Oh, that's a shame. Kelly and Nash leave. All the guys are going, what are you doing, son? Get the girl. And after some hesitation, he runs out of cheers to go and find Kelly and tell her he likes her and he wants to go on another date with her. But who should be at the door, John? <laughs> Doesn't he open the door and run straight past her? Yes, he does, yes. <laughs> that's what. That's exactly <laughs> what he does. Yeah. Almost like a rom-com moment. It's almost like Buster Keaton-esque, though. Isn't it? Buster Keaton or Charlie Chaplin. Mm, a bit slapstick. They're in the doorway of Cheers and Woody goes, you know, what happened? Why are you back? And she went, well, I was sitting in a car with Nash and I realized I don't like him and uh, I prefer you. And we had a better <laughs> time. And Woody's like, well, that's great. Let's, let's get dinner. <laughs> Woody's going to take her to sort of, I think it's Pizza by the Yard where they can play Pac-Man. <laughs> and Kelly goes, what's a Pac-Man? <laughs> what's a Pac-Man? And he's like, oh, Kelly, I have so much to teach you. Oh, look, it's trivia, and it's marked with the Gaines family crest. Well, some classy trivia today then, James. Some classy trivia. <laughs> but as usual, before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more. I've got a few questions here. Let's kick off with this one. What gifts are suggested in the cold open? So I know there's something around sort of some insoles. Soothing gel-filled insoles. Sounds nice. And was there some kind of bird feeder as well? And then I, I can't remember anything else. Yeah, it was a soothing gel-filled insoles and odour eliminators, lucite snack trays that play the theme from cats, and a hummingbird feeder. So I'd say you got half of, half of the answers there. <laughs> We talked about Fraser's celebrations, and they got some lovely flammable bratwurst, aka cigars. But how much is a cigar at Cheers? Fifteen cents. Forty-five cents for three. Fifteen cents. <laughs> you did the maths, James. I did not do the math. <laughs> Related question: What brand are they? Oh, I don't know. This was a kind of parody, named after a city. Oh, um, Cuban would be top quality. Yes, Cuban is a Cuba is a country. So. Yes. Scratch that from the record. <laughs> which uh, which city is it? Tampa. Oh. So Tampa is in Florida, uh, which is, of course, near Cuba. Well-known cigars are Havana cigars, and uh, Tampa mm. is kind of like the cheaper version. <laughs> when Sam's trying to defuse the fight, he mentions uh, fights between lots of different people, James. What kind of people does he mention? Rich people, 
poor people, young people, old people, short people, and, and fat people. I think there's a couple more, but I think that's a few of them. So it's rich guys and poor guys, tall guys and short guys, fat guys, skinny guys, guys with speech impediments. What awards does Frasier receive? Oh, I don't know. Psychologist of the Year. All right. The answer is the Fisk Foundation Award. Do you know what, James? With that, you've brought me on to my final question for you, which was, what drinks did Sam get ordered whilst they were at the party? Oh, so champagne. Wine? Is it just wine? Champagne, white wines, and there was one other drink. A scotch on the rocks. Yeah, Jack Daniels neat. That's final call. Oh, and there's a lot of lot of tempting things we could pick for this episode, James. I like the idea of a flammable bratwurst, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not sure how tasty it would be. That, that's definitely one contender. We also have a little announcement, I suppose. For our patrons out there, we've got a, a bonus episode this week. We're delving over to the world of How I Met Your Mother, and we're going to be visiting their Cheers-themed bar, Puzzles. Puzzles, yes, and it's, it's New Year's Eve. Yeah, they're opening a Cheers parody bar. I'll tell you what, it's, a, it's an exciting episode. It's an episode which, yeah, there was definitely some Malone-type antics in there as well. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we had fun talking about it. And, yeah, that's available through Patreon or through Anchor or Spotify subscription. But that doesn't solve the issue of what we will have as our special, James. I'm, I'm tempted by the flammable Bratwurst. Celebrate yeah. the episodes. I think it's what we'll go for because... It is cultural, you know, it's from Europe, where Kelly went, but also it's got that bit of excitement and danger that would come from things like a monster truck rally. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. <laughs> well, there we go. We've got that sorted. We'll be lighting these up as we do a bit of a toast to this episode. Another great one where Cheers pops up a makeshift bar at a classy establishment and they try to get in fights. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. Mm-hmm.